This podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today, Sean Sullivan. Sean is the co-founder and CTO at Phase Genomics. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, JP. So Sean, let's start with yourself, as we do with all our guests. Could you give us a bit of an overview of your journey in technology, where you got started, some of the roles you've held along the way, and take us up to just before you launched Phase Genomics? Ever since I was a kid, I've always been somebody who's interested in technology and wanted to learn how computers work and how people build cool stuff. And so I ended up going to MIT for computer science. Uh, I did undergrad there, and I also did some research while I was there. That some of the things I researched, I was involved in AI research. I was involved in sort of a human-computer interaction research. Did some cool projects while we were there at the Media Lab. I built a spoon that could tell how salty and how viscous the thing you were stirring was that Martha Stewart showed on her show. We were working on one of the first cars that had a full computer system in it to detect what people were doing. This is probably around 2003, 2004, something like that. And just various projects that were interesting. At that time, that was also during college was, I read a book that ended up being very influential for me. The Age of Spiritual Machines by Ray Kurzweil opened my eyes to the possibilities of where AI could go. And anyways, after that, I got my first job uh, at Microsoft. Uh, I worked on Office there. I was a program manager designing various uh, software features and components and stuff like that. I was there for about eight years or so, got into management while I was there and, and that sort of thing, but kind of always wanted to do a startup. It was also something that ever since I was a kid, I, I kind of always wanted to try doing. And so um, also at that time, I'd been working in the software industry for a little while, which was great. It was fun to work at Microsoft. It was fun to work on Office. It's a product everybody's heard of, but you know, I wanted to do something that felt a little more impactful. You know, that was kind of when phase genomics came up. So the beginning, the lead up to that was my wife was in graduate school at the University of Washington at the time in the genome sciences department. And I wanted to start a Dungeons and Dragons group. And so if she's in grad school, I figured she knew lots of nerdy people like us who would want to play. And so I asked her if she did. Of course, there were many people there who did want to play and we ended up setting up a group. And we played together for about five years. And one of the people in that group ended up being my co-founder. His name is Ivan Liasko, and he was a postdoc there. And he, his background is sort of all biochemistry. Uh, he had invented the technique or the laboratory, some of the applications that Phase Genomics sort of was founded upon uh, while he was in his postdoc there. And he wanted to start a company around it, uh, but he needed a computational co-founder. And so I kind of saw that as an opportunity to, there's a ton of machine learning and AI that, that goes on in genomics. and I saw it as an opportunity to dust those skills off, jump to a different industry, work on some problems that might have a little more of a tangible impact and also be able to try a startup at the same time. So, so yeah, that's kind of me and, and how I got to where I'm at now. Very, very cool. I appreciate you sharing that. I think that can act as further evidence that you never know where your business partner will come from, which I like. Very um, much so. So tell us all about phase genomics then, who you are, what you do, mission of the business. You launched, uh, from what I can see on LinkedIn, it was November of 2015. So 
coming up on eight years soon. So talk mm-hmm. to us about the origin story of the business, and then we'll talk about the mission. Sure. The, the company started as a cool technology that then we realized had a huge range of applications, all of which are very impactful. And so the core technology that we have is essentially, it's this ability to make a 3D model of DNA while it's still inside of cells. And then there's a, it turns out there's a whole lot of things you can do with that. And so we have a pretty broad scope in terms of what problems we work on. Our mission statement, or at least our loose mission statement is to, to improve the human condition and that's it. And so that's very broad type of thing to pursue, but specifically we have developed applications that, that use this 3d DNA modeling technology in cancer, in the microbiome, infectious disease space. And then there's also some basic research tools that we've created. And so for one example of that, the cancer example, what we do there is when you get cancer, one of the, one of the most common things that happens is your chromosomes start to rearrange themselves. They break up and they reform in various ways. Pieces get deleted, pieces get copied. Uh, some stuff swaps around on different chromosomes. And these can be very impactful changes that, that have a significant clinical meaning, but they're very hard to study in a typical tumor. It's easier to study. These kinds of things can be studied in liquid tumors, things like leukemias and lymphomas, because you can take blood cells and grow them in a dish, basically. You can treat them almost like they're easier to work with in a lab. Solid tumors are much harder to work with. You can't just put them in a dish and have them live. So it's very difficult to study these very, nonetheless, very important kinds of mutations. And our tools provide the first ability to actually look into these things and really study what's going on. The way it works is basically it's, it's a sort of classic deep learning type play where you can take a whole bunch of healthy tissue, get the three-dimensional structure of the DNA, can take up a whole bunch of tumor, tumor cells, get the three-dimensional structure of the DNA, and then you can feed those into a machine learning algorithm, and it will learn how to detect the structural variants that are in the tumor, as well as potentially connect them to known clinical information about it. So it's this powerful way to see things we've never been able to see before. There's near-term use cases for that, just as a simple as a diagnostic tool going to an existing diagnostic workflows, where you can use this tool now instead of using some of the more primitive methods or even where to do things where those primitive methods don't work at all out to long-term, you know, sort of therapeutic application. Now we can see these mutations that were previously hidden from us. Can we figure out new drug targets? Can we figure out new other methods of intervention? Can we find new, sometimes we've seen new, uh, new mutations in a particular type of tumor that have a known treatment from another type of tumor and potentially you can repurpose that drug, a, a known treatment for an existing tumor in a new tumor. So that's kind of one example of what we do with this technology. And it's exciting for me because, you know, I kind of, I mentioned not only is it this chance to apply some of these computational methods that I've, that I've always enjoyed, but it's a chance to work on a real problem where this could save somebody's life someday. And it definitely helps make it easy to, to get up in the morning and go and want to accomplish something every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Really helps set the stage for what you're doing and obviously a broad application use available to you. When you look at the journey of the business thus far from when you launched in 2015, there's obviously been a huge increase in the use of AI within genome sciences, um, a combination of Mm -hmm. pure technologists working with scientists. When you look at some of the milestones that, that you've experienced for phase genomics, what were some of the standout moments? What were some of the big achievements? 
that's got you to where you are at this point? And in its current form, what are the here and now impacts that you're most proud of for the business? I think some of our milestones, one, one sort of flavor of milestone is just the growth of the company. We're around 30 people today and we started off with two. And most of that growth has not, we haven't gone out and raised the $100 million VC round to build this company. We've built it largely bootstrapped on revenue by selling the technology and the services and the products that we offer, as well as getting grants from a variety of organizations. The NIH and the Gates Foundation, for example, have both given us money to, to help support what we're doing. And then we also have taken some money from VCs, but it hasn't been the huge round. So I'm proud of the fact that we've been able to steadily grow over these years weather the various storms that have come along the way, like COVID, you know, beyond just the growth of the company, I think some of our milestones have been getting products to market. And I think getting stuff out there that people are using, we started off in the earliest days with, with revenue are, are one of the reasons I felt comfortable leaving a nice cushy job at Microsoft to start this company is that there were already customers wanting to buy stuff from us. The products we brought to market have been great. The first one we had is a basic research tool for people who study plants and animals, ge genomics people, biologists, mostly academics, a little bit of application in like the agriculture industry and stuff like that. But, but that product has to date, it's revolutionized that, that sort of slice of the field. It's basically the human genome project. It's the equivalent of being able to do the human genome project, but in anything you want. And instead of costing $3 billion, like the human genome project. It costs you maybe $10,000. And so it's really opened the doors to this, this era of just having a complete picture of what's going on in the genomes of any organism you want. And we're not the only technology that has enabled that, but we're a major one that combined with long reads, I think has been the, the key. And so that was good. We've, we've got a couple microbiome products that are in market. We've used those to help both companies and researchers understand microbial communities in a way that we never could before, again, because of what this 3D, 3D modeling plus machine learning lets us do in so many different areas. And that's a place where now that we're, you start to hear there's a term in the field that's coming out, it's called genome resolved metagenomics. And basically it's again, it's parallel to the same kinds of things we've helped enable in plant and animal genome research, where you now have this really complete picture of what's going on. There's a lot less guesswork and you also power up analytical capabilities. You can start to throw serious computational methods at these things and actually make some really cool discoveries. And, and so that was a great, a nice milestone getting those products out. And then our cancer product that I was talking about, uh, we released that a beta version of that last year, or it may have actually been 2021 at this point, but, but that's been out there for a while. And we're now working with a variety of institutions of hospitals, cancer research centers to get this set up as a, a clinically available diagnostic tool. And, and so that's, that's now a time when we're going to get, hopefully we get this out there in the world and it can be used to help people. You know, those are, I think some of the milestones, the growth of the company and how we've been able to keep going for um, almost eight years here. And, uh, and then the products that we've put in the world and, and the way that those have helped change things, even if, even in small ways or in, in small niche markets, they've still been quite powerful advances that we've helped make. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com.
you touched on some points there around looking ahead. So I want to move on to part three of, of our conversation, which is getting your take on the roadmap ahead of you, particularly the next 12 to 18 months. It's obviously been quite an exciting time for, for genomics research, given the advancement in AI technology and how it's allowing this sort of research to, to be done more efficiently, faster, with more, more impact really. When you look at the, yeah. the project roadmap for phase genomics, particularly focusing on the next 12 to 18 months, what are some of the things that you're most excited about? What growth are you hoping to see? And from a personnel and headcount perspective, do, do you anticipate needing to add more talent to your already talented group? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, I think looking forward, if you look at like all of the popularity around AI and, and generative AI and chat GPT and all of these things, it's funny because every startup now is trying to be that, right? They're pivoting into some sort of generative AI play, but, but for us, that was, that was the plan already. So we're kind of getting ready. We hope to head into some therapeutic direction. So I've talked a lot about things that we can do diagnostically where you can look at diseases and figure out what's going on. The next step for that is to be able to, to actually come up with new therapies for that. And so on the cancer side, what that looks like is based on the activities we've been doing, running this diagnostic tool. We're now sitting on a large body of three-dimensional data about tumors, a three-dimensional DNA data about tumors. And we are looking for, we're looking to, to starting to use that data to try and generate new potential new therapies. I mentioned one, which is new applications for existing drugs, but there's also coming up with new drugs. And we think with the amount of data that we have, we'll be able to do something interesting with that a similar type of thing on the infectious disease side where bacterial infections, people talk about antibiotic resistance and how that's going to become a major problem. It already is a problem to some extent. And the CDC says by 2050, it's actually going to be uh, drug resistant uh, bacteria are going to be more deadly than cancer. And that's a problem. We also, there's lots of information out there about the gut microbiome and how that relates to your health and stuff. That's a microbial community too. And so we're now also sitting on a quite a large amount of data about microbial communities and how they work. And, and so we are similar to cancer looking at, looking forward over the next year and a half to going through that data and looking for therapeutic opportunities. And as part of that, most of this work that I mentioned is data work. And so we'd be looking for people of sort of all stripes of, of skills that can work with this kind of data. Some of it would be classical sort of computational biology work, people who can get a, be given a list of genes and then go get a bunch of information together about them and figure out the biochemical pathways that might be involved with those genes and that sort of stuff, all the way to sort of just straight machine learning data science, people for whom bits are bits and, and they can be given a large body of data and then train models or build other, you know, uh, logical frameworks for, for using this data in interesting ways, uh, to generate insights that way. It's, it's going to be a very exciting time for us. It's great to have tools that. You know, I, I think as a field, biotech uh, has been sitting on a whole, a lot of data for a very long time that has been hard to gather insights from. And I think we're finally getting to the point where both the hardware and software capabilities are attainable to really make something of all that data. I think in the field, in biotech in general, it's an exciting time. And for us specifically, it's an exciting time because we have a bunch of unique data that we get to go do cool stuff with. Final question for me, Sean, staying on the topic of what's in store, what you're excited about and growth. Speaking to an audience of data professionals, many of whom 
are in the world that you're in, which is data also within life sciences. When you're speaking to people about phase genomics, particularly candidates that you've interviewed and convinced to join you, what is it that you tell them about phase, its environment, its culture, its team that, that gets them excited enough to join you guys over some of the other great companies trying to hire? Yeah, that's a great question because it's a tough market out there for hirers right now. Still a part of it, I think is the mission, which I've talked a lot about what we're trying to accomplish here. I think what we're trying to do is a very impactful, beneficial thing to be doing for the world. Also, you know, face films as a company, I think we have some, some great cultural features for people that a lot of people find appealing. We're a remote a company, at least for our computational staff. And so that's a nice perk for some people. We're a company that was built by technical people. I'm a computer nerd. My co-founder is a genomics nerd, and we're still running the company. The company's largely people with technical, advanced technical skills. Most there's lots, there's probably half the company has a PhD. And so it's, we, we operate like scientists as a company. We make decisions scientifically, but we value things like logic and evidence. We take that stuff seriously. We think it, it's one of our superpowers is that we are, we are such a strong technical group of people. I think also something we value culturally is being, being casual, not in a bad way, but just in a, let's not be super high pressure all the time. We shouldn't be slackers about things, but we, sh we shouldn't act like every single sprint is do or die for the whole company. It's not, we're not, that's some, sometimes that happens to companies. That's not where we're at though. We shouldn't act like that. So I think that's good. We also emphasize, I think personally, one of my biggest values is trying to enable people to do their best work and just get out of the way. I strongly value good local decision-making. What I like to do is hire people who are great problem solvers and great thinkers and just turn them loose on hard problems that I don't know how to solve. What I don't want to do is have, some, there's a problem we've got and it needs to be solved. And then I figure out how to solve it. And then I tell someone else to what to go and do. That is so antithetical to, to what we do at Face Genomics. So I think for a lot of people that those are attractive features. It, for some people, they might not be. My, it's not a fit for everyone, obviously, but I think if someone is a inquisitive, a self-directed technical sort of type of person who wants to just get their hands, be given hard problems that they can get their hands dirty and solve, Phasenomics can be a great home for someone like that. And those are the kinds of people we look for, you know, people who are excited by that idea of being cast out into the ocean and have to figure out how to get to land. Those kinds of people tend to do very well with us. Sean, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. Great to learn about your own background, particularly interesting origin story of the founding and launch behind Phase Genomics as a business, obviously incredibly exciting space that you're operating with, with some really profound impact possibilities for healthcare as a whole. Um, and an exciting time to be working in this space, particularly for people who want to use technology for a positive impact, which this is exactly the space to do it. So we wish you, yeah. team, and everyone at Faye is the best of luck in months and years to come. And we very much look forward to having you back on the show in the near future. Great. Sounds good, JP. Thanks for having me on. I, I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oldest Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. 
You can also head over to our website, www.allthis.com to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.